Hi, this is Kenneth Wong, Senior Editor for DE. Welcome to another episode of DE Podcast. Glad to have you along. On your iPhone, your AI-like assistant Siri can help you find the best Mexican or Japanese restaurant wherever you are. Now, in your CAD or PLM program, AI might help you find the bracket, the washer, or the fastener you need faster. To understand this, we speak to Professor Kathik Ramani, a distinguished professor in mechanical engineering, professor of electrical and computer engineering at Purdue University. So, Professor Ramani, welcome. What is the challenge of training computers to recognize mechanical parts? How is that different from, say, training computers to recognize people's faces? Hi. So, thank you for having me on your podcast. And, um, so, yeah, in terms of how computers can be made to think about shapes. Faces are all similar. We know where your eyes are, where your nose is, where your ears are, and so on. So when people look at faces, we typically look at differences between faces in order to recognize them. In general, um, I would say faces can be, for instance, in a video, people have shown this nicely morph as you age and so on. So we know where the features are. We even know the rough shape of those features that we are looking for. Whereas when you go to mechanical engineering, uh, parts that we create with design tools, they are much more complex, typically consisting of a hierarchy of features. And these features all are essential for the design to function well. And typically parts all come together and you create a car suspension or you create a jet engine, uh, and they are also controlled uh, electronically with software these days. So uh, in some ways, you need both fine-grained view of the part, like look when you want to look at differences between two different uh, fasteners, for instance, length, uh, the type of head, etc. right? Whereas if you're looking at uh, more coarse-grained search, you're looking at a class, a group of them that kind of look like that, and then you want to browse it and choose the particular one that you want. So in mechanical parts, you sometimes look for small features and differences, but sometimes you look for a class. So you have to have both fine-grained and coarse-grained representation. When I say representation, you have to convert the shape to numbers, and the computer has to understand it. And it has to work potentially for you in real time, because when you search, you expect results fast because of Google. right? So in that sense, uh, balancing this is a challenge. And uh, making the machine understand uh, differences and similarities for mechanical parts becomes a challenge because CAD programs create very complex parts. Dr. Romani, my understanding is uh, this is the t- this is the sort of training that requires a lot of computing power. So I cannot, for example, do what you just did on my uh, a home-based desktop workstation. Could you talk about what kind of GPU or CPU cores are required and what do you hope to do when in the future the servers become even more powerful? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. So we, of course, use a little bit more powerful computers, um, not the home grain, but like Titan RTX and uh, more uh, heavier GPU computing and also be able to compute with uh, AI algorithms. And depending on the AI algorithms, some of them are lightweight and some require more power. But nevertheless, uh, these machines will cost you more. Perhaps some of our machines cost 6000 7000 8000 uh, in that in that range. Uh, but also, uh, to your other point, uh, more powerful computers are becoming available day by day. And you already know that 
you know, on your phone, there's so much of power packed in it that we never thought that we could do the kind of things that uh, it is able to do. Um, that said, the AI chips, the more powerful AI chips, uh, such as what is needed for uh, this type of work, uh, are being manufactured now by companies like NVIDIA and so on, which are specializing chips for AI. And more recently, they acquired a company called ARM. It was a large acquisition. So these types of more powerful chips for doing AI, especially visual, is becoming more and more accessible. In fact, the most recent iPad has a LiDAR camera in it, whereby you can scan uh, 3D room level. Um, so uh, in a nutshell, uh, more powerful chips are going to become packed in your uh, mobiles and also potentially in the future in augmented reality headsets. So we should be able to do this type of uh, search and composition of parts and design in real time. Perhaps you won't even see a computer uh, in front of you and you'll be designing. Uh, that's the kind of uh, day that we are all waiting for uh, from a purpose of design and making uh, computing more accessible to uh, everyday life. People who read our magazines are usually people who heavily relies on software like SolidWorks or Inventor Fusion or Siemens NX or PTC Creo and that sort of software. What do you what do you think that they'll be able to do when computers have become much better at identifying objects or parts by shape? It's a great question. In fact, uh, PTC Creo. Uh, was uh, started up by Don Federson, whose chair position I hold. So I'm very close to uh, close to the the uh, Creo software. Uh, but that said, uh, from an engineering design point of view, today we are very heavily driven by computer-aided design programs that were create, created um, a while ago. You know, parametric software uh, came quite quite a, quite a while ago. Um, these softwares um, are going to change as we go forward. And today, CAD allows typically only one design to be made by any any designer. So, uh, in fact, I would prefer to call it DAC, design-aided by computers, rather than computer-aided by design. In other words, we want uh, it to become more smarter. We are expecting it to do more, just like we're expecting CD and Amazon. They're already doing a lot more. So, from that uh, point of view, uh, we will start uh, seeing such capabilities go into software that will allow people to design and configure not just one design at one time, but multiple designs. So from that uh, perspective, you want to be able to search recently, interpolate between shapes, uh, and access uh, parts designed for other designs more easily and modify it uh, across your company, for instance. So uh, the search capability, people are already experimenting, but with deep learning, it's only going to get better. And uh, when software becomes more accessible, together with the eye, uh, and bridging the gap between humans and AI, how we think about parts and shapes and their functionality and AI algorithms and what we need to do design. Design will become more accessible for many people. That's one direction I can see certainly design going towards. Something all the engineers can look forward to. Dr. Karthik Ramani, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right, this is Kenneth Wong for DE. Until next episode, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, folks. Mm -hmm.